interesting topics to kick off your weekend. Looking at the news with an eye of faith. This is Friendly Fire with Stu Kearns on the Voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. Good Saturday morning. It's a Friendly Fire Saturday. Uh, Stu Kearns, your host here. Glad to have you along. Uh, we got the all the weather we wanted this week. I, I, I was really surprised by the four inches of snow because at my place, I think it was about a half an inch. But, you know, it's different <laughs> everywhere. And uh, that's uh, that's this time of year. Uh, hopefully, uh, soon we'll be playing some Husker baseball here locally in town. That'll be pretty cool. You know how I love the Huskers. Uh, stay tuned, by the way, too, uh, this time of year uh, for uh, the full Saturday live programming here. Uh, but once in a while, some things get preempted, but we got a whole slate. So just keep it on uh, 1400 and 99.3 KLIN. It's a pleasure to have in studio today uh, an old friend and uh, and a guy who's in transition. An old friend, an mind old, you. Old how so? Old, old that we're both old. <laughs> <laughs> just own it, huh, yes, Seth? Yes, we've, right. we've both got gray hair and uh, achy knees and bad backs yes. and stuff like that. That's right? true. That's true. Although I will admit I am older. So Okay, we're not going to tell them how old we are, are no, we? We're we just uh, old enough to be old. They can guess. They can guess. Aaron <laughs> Householder here, pastor at Southview Baptist. and uh, But uh, the, one of the reasons we're going to talk about today is that you, how many how many years you've been at Southview Baptist? 16. 16 big. Yeah. 16 large. But you're going through a transition. Yeah. And so yeah. Uh, we're going we're gonna to talk about that today. Um, but, uh, but first, well, before we talk about the transition... 16 years, Southview Baptist. Now, you know, I grew up about a mile away from Southview Baptist. Yep. And it's it's always been a very active, alive uh, congregation. What's uh, How would you describe Southview Baptist? Oh, man. Um, Southview is what we'd call a mid-sized church. You know, runs about 200 folks, so not too mm-hmm. big you can get lost. You Everybody's mm-hmm. going to know you if you want to be known, and maybe that's the reason some people don't come to our church. <laughs> uh, the other reason may be that we're a Baptist church, and folks may have a historic denomination they prefer. Yeah. And so I would say that Southview is a loving, accepting, friendly, evangelical church. I like that. So that's the way I'd put it. That is very good. That's right. And and it's been there. Uh, I'm not sure exactly when it was founded, but I'm 66 years ago. Was 66? So that would be 19. Whatever. Did, 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 did. We're coming up on 67. Okay. Yeah, they announced me on the 50th anniversary in 2005, so that means mm-hmm. they were constituted in 55. Okay. Yeah. Wow. There. I just remember that they were always there when I was a kid. Yeah. Uh, if I'm riding my bike to Indian Village, you'd, you'd go right past the South. Exactly. Year. We built that building there at uh, thir- between 13th and 14th on Arapahoe and Calvert, yeah. uh, like in 61 was the first building we built. Yeah, yeah. I, I remember it well. Yeah. And the, there were, uh, just again, I always remember being, it's very active. It was probably the largest active church kind of close to me. Really? There, yeah. In that, in that neck of the woods down oh, cool. there. Yeah, yeah. So uh, now, 16 years. Uh, just as we think back on that, what are some of the things that have changed over those 16 years? Uh, a lot can happen. Well, hopefully this preacher changed a little bit. You yeah. know, uh, yeah. if you don't spend 16 years with a congregation and you don't grow some too, well, yeah. probably you wouldn't have spent 16 years with the congregation. Yeah. Um, but you just think about the way the world has changed. Yeah. Um, and, you know, the use of our technology and things like that. Uh, I think about the way that people relate to one another, and I think in one of our upcoming segments here, we're going to talk about friendships and Mm -hmm. relationships. We Mm -hmm. planned on that today, 
And it's sad, even though I would call our church a friendly church, I, I'm not sure that we have as deep a relationship as we might have 16 years ago mm-hmm. with many people there inside our church or outside our church. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, there's been a lot of changes in 16 years in technology. And I would say, even though we call it social media, the way that it has damaged our social networks, mm. maybe more than help them. Mm-hmm. I mean, well, and we can talk about that a little bit, too. The, uh, you know, me being a pres- conservative Presbyterian, you being Southern Baptist, mm-hmm. you're not exactly in the majority in these, these uh, parts of the, of the country. Uh, do, do you have people specifically come to you? Is that a huge part of the branding is that we're Southern Baptist or just that we're a Bible teaching, uh, you know, evangelical-ish church? You know, if uh, somebody were to Google Southern Baptist Church Lincoln, Nebraska, our tech guys have it where we come out on top. So, yeah, if you're looking for a Southern Baptist (laughs) church, you're going to come up with us as uh, number one in the search, even though we have sister churches here in town. Mm -hmm. Um, But a lot of times, well, let me put it this way. We have people come to Southview for two reasons. One, somebody at Southview who's a friend of theirs mm-hmm. uh, or family that they trust and love invites them, yep. uh, which is the best way. Um, in my opinion, we should all be inviting folks to church, you know, no matter what our denomination is, I guess. Yep. And then two, they come because they're looking for the type of church we are. Not necessarily a Baptist church, not necessarily even a Southern Baptist church but a Bible-teaching or evangelical church. Mm-hmm. It's been interesting that in the past six months, we've added two member families, both of whom are in their 60s, mm. and they came to us as, through COVID, something happened with the church they were in, which was more of a historic Nebraska denomination, if I can use that term. Mm-hmm. So they started listening to Bible teachers online through COVID. The Bible teachers they liked were Baptist. And they said, both of these 60-something couples, we've got to find a Baptist church in town. And so they tried out a variety of Baptist churches, and they landed with us. I mean, I just thought that was interesting. So that's the second major way folks come to us. They're looking for a Bible-teaching or evangelical church. Yeah, yeah. And that's one of the things that we've tried to say at Zion, too, that you may not be Presbyterian. You may... But if you want to hear uh, sermons from the Bible, if you want to be saturated with the Word of God, Amen. Uh, you want to we talk. You want to talk about Jesus a lot. <laughs> we're we're the kind of church that hopefully you'll feel very at home in. Amen. And that's a good thing. So, uh, but you are uh, in the middle of a transition. Yeah. And uh, tell me about uh, tell me what the next step. What's what's happening? So to answer that, I've got to go back a step and answer a little bit about Baptist polity. Mm -hmm. Um, Well, Southern Baptist polity in specific, since that's what I am. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, our Catholic churches have diocese and Methodist churches have districts. And uh, I don't know, do you guys? Presbyteries. Presbytery. Yeah, there you go. And I said that wrong. Sorry. Uh, (laughs) I went to seminary. I should be able to say that word right. Um, But Southern Baptist churches are uh, gathered together in local associations. And down south, where there's a bunch of local associations, that might be one county or two. Mm -hmm. But here in Nebraska, I will be serving the Heartland Church Network, which is our local association that is half of Nebraska and a thin little slice of western Iowa. Mm -hmm. And so I'll have 71 churches in the region, and my official title will be, and it sounds pretty fancy, Associational Mission Strategist which means that I'm a servant of the churches and I'm a pastor to pastors. Mm. And so I'm pretty excited about that. So it'll be a lot more windshield time and a lot more phone time um, leading, well, more or less serving the churches in our region. Yeah, that's, 
Well, even at, at 71, that's a, you know, you're you're way way ahead of the of the PCA. So for this region, we we could go, we could multiply several states and still not get to seventy-one. Wow! So uh, so let's hear it for the Southern Baptists. Sir. <laughs> well, yeah. we've always been active in church planning, and we'll continue to do that. And then we have churches that are Baptistic in their theology that uh, affiliate with us. So we'll affiliate one or two new churches a year that are non-denominational evangelical churches that have been planted. And they join with us because of our emphasis on, um, you know, partnership, missions, and church planning. Yeah. Now, the Southern Baptist is called the Southern Baptist Convention. It's mm-hmm. more of an association than Correct. it is a uh, denomination. Technically uh, speaking, yes. So what is the, what's the difference between those? Uh, and, and you, from, because I'm speaking from somebody who is a part of a denomination. Correct. The Southern Baptist Convention, by strict legal definition, is not a denomination. I'm glad you knew that. Mm-hmm. We are a convention. And so what that means is we are a convention when we meet together the second uh, Monday and Tuesday of June every year. The rest of the year, the convention empowers the Southern Baptist Committee Convention Executive Board, based in Nashville, Tennessee, to run the convention. So uh, a denomination has hierarchy. So let's say somebody does something bad in a Catholic church. A local priest does something untowards. Well, whoever he did it to, the family could sue the The local diocese. The diocese, yeah. Uh, Well, Southern Baptist can't do that because there's Mm -hmm. no outside authority. So my new role as an associational mission strategist, I'm not in charge of anybody. They're all in charge of me. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, it's it's completely different than most other churches. So what I say about our churches, too, is that we're independent and autonomous, yet cooperative. And mm-hmm. we partner together for the purpose of missions and church planting and church health. Yeah, yeah. Now, I, you know, and in, in actually, in many ways, even though our system is different, we function very similarly. Because I think we do. I th- because the uh, in our in our denomination, people talk about grassroots a lot, and they don't like top down. And if it's top down, they're gonna they're gonna you know stiffen their necks and say no 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 no. Well, this is grassroots. And one of the things that in our denomination too is that we own our own buildings. And mm-hmm. So so do we. Yeah, the denomination, if if. If the denomination makes a change, the you you keep you paid for the building, you keep the building. Exactly. So we own our own building. We call our own staff. We determine our own programs. Yeah. All that sort of yeah. stuff. So we're completely independent. Yeah. We're gonna take our first break. Then when we want to come back, I want to dig into uh, the a little bit of what you're gonna be doing and uh, and how that uh, gets to this theme of just uh, coaching, encouraging pastors, uh, supporting pastors, uh, the 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 friendships that are necessary in this business to keep yes, doing sir. it. And uh, does that sound good? That's great. All right, let's take a little break. We'll be right back. It's a Friendly Fire Saturday. Stu Kern's talking with Aaron Householder uh, here on uh, The Voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. Keeping the topics lively and the conversation civil, this is Friendly Fire with Stu Kearns on The Voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. We are back. It's a Friendly Fire Saturday. Uh, talking with Aaron Householder here. Uh, he was the pastor at Southview uh, Baptist Church. Yep. Or are you still technically for a day or two? Nope. nope. Okay. Transition. I'm done. You are done. Yeah. Uh, you're still working hard. I know that. <laughs> uh, so in transitioning into this new relationship, so as you're, as you're supporting pastors, one of the things that we've uh, that we've been a part of is a group of guys who try to support each other locally. Yeah. yeah. And uh, so I, I always have to have a little nickname for everything. I call it the Southwest Pastors Group. Yep. Because we're all kind of. Southwest part of town. Southwest part of town. Uh-huh. Um, well, how important it is, is it, is it 
uh, in your estimation, uh, from your experience, and then as you're now, you're going to be working with pastors, trying mm-hmm. to encourage and support them. How important is it to develop those kind of networks? It's absolutely essential. Uh, Lone Ranger pastors generally don't make it or they don't make it well Mm. Um, because of the uniquenesses of our job. I'm not saying our job makes us better than anybody else, but uh, those that think about what they know about pastors, a senior pastor of a local church or even associate pastors of a local church, uh, I think they would say, oh, yeah, I could imagine that would be hard in this way or that way. And so I'm not going to belabor those points, but the way I say mm-hmm. it, too, is pastors need pastors. Yeah. And I don't mean that necessarily that they need the other pastor to shepherd them, but they need to be in relationships with other guys that know what it's mm-hmm. like. Yeah. And frankly, sometimes it is some shepherding. I can think of some conversations you and I and the guys in our Southwest Pastors mm-hmm. group have had. And then I think of the ones we had when we were all together, but then the ones that I've had with one or two guys when we walk to the car and we're talking a little further yeah. or when we meet at the coffee shop because he's hurting and I know it and I'm his friend and I want to be there for him. You know, yeah. So part of it is talking shop, so to speak, mm-hmm. how to do certain things as a pastor. The other part is just being there in relationship as friends and supporting one another. Yeah. The, the one thing that I appreciate every time I get together with other pastors I don't have to explain my world. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> yes. And, and I think that's, that's probably true in every occupation, isn't exactly. it? Exactly. And so I would say the same thing of any occupation. I'm glad. Thanks for the segues, too. Yeah. Seems like you've done this before, huh? Yeah, maybe. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but yeah, if you're a school teacher, for instance, who's going to understand your world better than other school teachers? So mm-hmm. yeah, you're going to want to be in relationship with those sort of folks for friendship and support and companionship all those kind of things, or somebody that's maybe even a retired educator to talk about things, mm-hmm. you know, because they've got the experience. And um, so fill in the blank with the job or uh, profession. I think you're going to want to be in relationships with people in that profession. So I don't know about you. I look at it as I have different types of relationships. You know, I got my church family and those are folks I know from church. I got my neighbors, got my friends um, from like a hobby. I'm a cyclist now. So I got my cycling friends but then my pastor friends are a unique group. Um, mm-hmm. And so I've got some of those guys that are in my tribe as a Southern Baptist in this part of the world. And then I've got guys like you that aren't in my tribe, but I love you just the same because we know yeah. what we're going through. And besides, I yeah. learn about the way your church does things, and I learn about your theology uh, when I get to talk to you. And so that's always helpful as well. Yeah. How many of these churches? So as you're working with some 71 churches in this region then, mm-hmm. um, I'm going to guess that the most of them are probably a good chunk of them might be in the metros, but maybe not. Are they are are there a lot of rural churches as well? Not too many. Um, You know, our Southern Baptist churches here started um, with Southview, which was the first Southern Baptist church in the state of Nebraska in 1955 with people from the south that were transplanted here with the Lincoln Air Base. Mm. Similar thing happened around the uh, Omaha area with Offutt. Um, and so then, um, you know, they, we've had to make the transition not to be Southern clubs, but yeah. <laughs> to be churches full of indigenous folks, you know, that yes. are native Midwesterners. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, as I think about the 71 churches I'll serve and like I say, half the state of Nebraska and the slice of Western Iowa, we've got, you know, half dozen here in Lincoln. We've got about 30 in the Omaha Metro and then, yeah, uh, others and all the other small towns. I wouldn't say we have any countryside churches. They're mm-hmm. all in in some town or another. 
And, you know, we've got some like Westside Church in Omaha that runs a couple thousand on Sundays. Mm-hmm. And then we've got some other ones that run a couple dozen on Sundays. Yep. I mean, the whole gambit. Yep. Yep. Are there, uh, so as you're, I know you're still kind of learning and, and getting to know these pastors and places and all that kind mm-hmm. of stuff. And as you pastor pastors, um, how many of them, well, and you may not have the answer to this yet, but, but uh, how do they experience uh, the, the the occasional isolation of their role that they don't have those friendships and and how is how has covid also just made their jobs different uh yeah well I'll, I'll take up the second part first because the second part illustrates the first part um covid has been a challenge for everybody in every profession or even if you're a retired person it's challenged you mm-hmm. and unfortunately it's divided people because uh, you know i'm a vaxxer and anti-vaxxer i'm a masker and anti-vaxxer you know or whatever opinion and then that comes to our churches and as pastors we want to shepherd people we want people to get along we don't want you to fight about things like that so we've got to decide how are we going to handle this and so covid has had that isolating effect um, on pastors in that they're trying to lead and it's a one more issue to lead through mm-hmm. uh, and they're never going to make everybody happy. So what you can do as a pastor, I guess you can do it in any profession, is if things get you down, you can isolate yourself even further. Mm-hmm. And before you know it, you what you're really struggling with is depression and anxiety and fear mm-hmm. and all sorts of other things. And so, yeah, COVID has heightened that among pastors. Mm-hmm. And so even though I haven't had this job that will put me in relationship with the other 71 churches and their pastors, I've been in relationship with these guys as much as they've wanted to by being active in our association of churches already. Mm-hmm. And so I've seen that. So what do we do? We encourage those pastors to be in a relationship like you and I have been privileged to be in. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we... We offer a relationship to them. Hey, you want to hang out with me? You want to talk with me? Or, okay, you're not comfortable with me. Is there somebody else you do want to hang out with, either Mm -hmm. based on geography or based on age or based on some other Mm -hmm. something or other? And we try to connect people. And so that's my thing is connecting folks because I can't be everywhere at once. But if I connect you to somebody else that can be there for you, Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. As I, as I reflect on growing up in Lincoln, and I think about, again, Southview and, and other churches, there was, um, even as a child, I could kind of sense a, a, a kind of a competitive spirit. You know, the, 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 these boys, they, they're growing faster than we are, and, and there was the hot church, you know. And Southview, by the way, in the 70s was the hot church. Oh, yeah, yeah. I it mean, was it was big time. Husker football players and coaches, and I still hear about those stories from the members that were there. And every yes. time they tell those stories, I'm like, yes, I know. We don't have any Husker football players here. It's my fault. As if it's somebody's fault, you know. But yeah. uh, they don't mean it that way. But somehow, yeah. as a pastor, you take it that way. Hey, the glory days. That I'm not cool enough to have recruited you know, Huskers <laughs> to our church. Hey, you know, if, uh, all it takes is just one good recruiter, right? Yeah. Uh, we Huskers have learned that. But... But I would say, okay, fast forward, though, uh-huh. to our careers, and uh, and it seems like uh, uh, there's a lot more camaraderie, there's a lot more team spirit, there's a lot more, uh, the, there's a lot more of an ability to say, you know what, uh, Southview is preaching Christ, mm-hmm. and when Southview, uh, you know, is doing well, G- the kingdom of Jesus is doing well, and and that attitude, I think, has 
uh, is much, much more pervasive than any kind of a competitive spirit that I, I felt like I used to experience. I agree with you, and that's been so refreshing because coming out of the South, I grew up in Texas. The church I pastored before here 17 years ago was in the South, and um, in our little town, you had a Church of Christ church that they didn't think anybody else was getting to heaven because they were the Church of Christ. Mm -hmm. You had <laughs> our Baptist church, and you had a little Methodist church, and there was just such division and such competition. And I would try to have relationship with those other pastors, and they just look at me like I'm stupid and you know, not return calls and stuff. It was terrible. So I love the fact that even though we're in different tribes, uh, that's my word, you know, different theologies, different polities, all that sort of stuff, yeah. that we still love each other and support each other. And, you know, even in our Southwest Pastors Group, we've got pastors of big churches to small churches and everything in between. Yeah. And we learn from one another and we support one another. And there's there's never been that sense of comparison or competition that I felt. Yeah. And I so appreciate that. Yeah, no, it's, 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 it's well, it's truly blessed me. We need to take another break. And when we come back, uh, well, let's pick up on this theme and, uh, um, well, and a few other things as well. There's some things okay. happening in the news as well. All right. It's a friendly fire Saturday here on uh, 1499.3 KLIN. Interesting topics to kick off your weekend. Looking at the news with an eye of faith. Friendly Fire with Stu Kearns. 1499.3 KLIN. Rolling right along on a Saturday morning here. It's uh, Friendly Fire Saturday talking with Pastor Aaron Householder here. Uh, from uh, Southview Baptist, now working with the Southern Baptist Convention. What is the name of the region that you're... Uh... The Heartland Church Network. Heartland Church Network. Yeah, if you want to Google it or look it up, heartlandchurchnetwork.org, man, you can see our webpage. And I don't think I'm on there yet, but that's yes, okay. Yes. You know, when we go through, we were talking about COVID and the effects and, and isolation, all those kind of things. Um, and there's, it, it seems like these divisions in our culture are getting just harder and harder. How do you... Uh, how do we... Again, we we work on that as pastors, but we're trying to coach our congregation as well. We're trying to encourage mm. people. How do we, how do we actually, instead of spending all of our time thinking about the things that make us mad and the things that divide us, and uh, how do we, how do we actually begin to embrace, love, reach out, and develop uh, relationships, in particular with people who don't think like I do? Uh -huh. uh, have you found some some keys to that? Well, you know, there's that cliche thing about be the change you want to see. Um, and so I think what I draw from that in our role as pastors and anybody who's listening, whatever their vocation is, is be an example to others of the mm -hmm. sort of things you'd like them to be. You know, so um, not just be an advocate and say, hey, this is what you should do and wag your finger at them, mm -hmm. but do it yourself. Don't be a hypocrite. Nobody likes a hypocrite. <laughs> um, but then be in relationships with others in such a way that when you share truth with them, they won't think it's odd or get offended because mm -hmm. you've developed a relationship where they trust you and mm -hmm. they can receive that from you. Yeah. You know, build a bridge strong enough to bury the weight of the truth or bear the weight, excuse me, of the truth that you're delivering. Yeah. 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 One, of the, one of the things I've thought, maybe you could react to this. One of the things I've found is that people aren't, a little curiosity goes a long way. Just as you're interacting with somebody, yeah, you're interacting with somebody, and and uh, and oftentimes we just don't take the time to just be a little curious. Yeah, you know, so just some basic communication ideas is for that all of us could practice is you put down your phone. <laughs> I tell my children, give me your eyes. 
Um, And since the time they were small, I knew they were listening to me if they gave me their eyes. At least you assume they're listening to you. (laughs) But, you know, I'm breaking whatever it is they're doing and give me your eyes. I have a friend that has uh, coached uh, soccer at all different levels, and he's currently a high school coach here in town. But when I was coaching my son's little uh, YMCA team, you know, and the little chubby-cheeked guys running around chasing the ball like an amoeba all over I, I asked him for some coaching advice. He said, the two clap. And he said, you know, everybody clap once. Everybody clap twice. He says, you're causing them to break whatever it is they're doing, whatever they're thinking, whatever they're doing, because they're going to follow your instruction and they're going to do it as a group. That's the way we're wired. Mm. So I almost, my give me your eyes to my children is that same way. So what I would say to folks is give folks your eyes. I would wholeheartedly agree with you, Sue. Ask some questions. You know, be curious. Um, mm-hmm. Tell me about that. It's not a question. It's a statement, but it's it's getting that. <laughs> and one of my favorite ones is the awe question. And what else? You don't necessarily say and what else, but, you know, tell me more about that, Stu. Oh, well, and you just keep asking questions. So you exhaust that. Uh, and then your conversation is going to go somewhere else. Yeah, yeah. There, I, You know, when you think about it, there. in fact, I encourage the listeners to think about this. I think about who are the people in your life that when you when you're with them, you almost feel like you're being interviewed. You, you kind of feel like <laughs> like they're uh, because let's and I, and I think in particular and I'd love. Hey, to wait a there. second! I'm on a radio program <laughs> too. Wait, how? Are, that's right. Well, but I think, <laughs> but in particular, as pastors, we do that a lot. I mean, we are we are spark plugs that. We meet people, we greet people, we, hey, tell me about yourself a little bit. That's just a part of our our, yeah. our stick. So, Stu, when you say interview people, are you getting at the negative part that it can seem too much like an interview if we ask too many questions and we aren't sensitive to their nonverbal and they're <laughs> answering our questions, that they're uncomfortable, they're like, this guy's creeping me out, he's asking me too much, and so maybe we need to find some humor or, you know, tell a story ourselves yeah. or just realize that this conversation didn't go anywhere. I just creeped him out. I need to say, hey, thanks yeah. and walk away. Well, we do need to pay attention to those verbal cue, uh, nonverbal cues. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. But the but the idea that, um, well, one of the ways I've, I've described what you're describing is that I've just said uh, listening is a primary form of respect. Mm, great line. And uh, you can t- steal it and say it's yours. Um, but, but the idea of, okay, when somebody doesn't, when you don't have to tell somebody to look at you, they just do. And you don't have to, you don't have to be the one who initiates because you know that they will. Yeah. Those, those people in your life, you know who those people are because they stick out. They're different. Yeah. They give you their attention. Um, but it's based on their respect and or love for you. Or just the fact that they're a decent person. Yeah. And their mom and daddy or somebody taught them, you know, here's some basic things about communicating to make other people feel valued. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I think that's, uh, you know, it's funny. when we, we, we Our goal is always to eventually talk with people about Jesus. Mm-hmm. And we think that Jesus is, he's the most important person who ever lived. And everyone needs to meet him and know him and learn yes, and know what it, understand what it means to love him. But... If I if I'm trying to tell you about the most important thing in the world or person in the world and and yet I don't really I'm I'm not really relating to you I'm mm-hmm. just kind of giving you a sales pitch 
uh, people are pretty tuned into that too. Yeah, whether we name it or not, we know that there's a disconnect or that dissonance there. It doesn't add up. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so back to the the, the new work. Uh, uh-huh. In the age of uh, post-COVID here and Zoom and all that kind of stuff, uh, how much of this do you think you can do from your computer? Woo, it'll be interesting to find out. I think I'll have a lot more windshield time mm-hmm. because I do want to be with guys and meet them face-to-face because mm-hmm. some of these 71 pastors I haven't met yet. Um, but, yeah, the COVID did help us learn some new tools. Yep. Um, and the way I've talked about it, Stu, is that it's always good, in my opinion, if you can, to establish a relationship face-to-face. Mm-hmm whether that's over a meal or a coffee or a conference or however you do it based on your life and work. Mm-hmm. But then beyond that, can you meet on Zoom? Because, you know, you've got people two hours this way, three hours that way. So um, it's just more convenient and respects other people's times. Yeah. So I really want to have that face-to-face in each other's presence, establishing a relationship and any new to work sort of committee or work environment. And so that's what I'm going to be after. There, uh, how, how important is it to uh, not only see and talk to uh, the pastor, but also to see their facility, uh, to see their community, mm-hmm. to have a sense of all of that? How, does, how, is, how important is that in the overall process of encouraging and perhaps kind of coaching somebody? Oh, absolutely, because uh, you only have a small view of, you know, the total if I'm only talking to the pastor. So visiting the church, talking to church members as they'll talk to me, and if they don't want to talk to me, not because I'm interviewing them as the guy that's going to tell them to do something, but I'm just mm-hmm. being friendly me. Yeah. Okay, I can see one reason why this church isn't growing. They're not friendly. (laughs) They don't talk to people. They're all scared. Maybe it's a church of introverts. I don't know. But even introverts can be friendly and respectful. Yes, they can. (laughs) Yes, they can. You know, I I get the whole introvert-extrovert thing. But, you know, at the end of the day, you you know, you just, you know, if you're going to relate to people, you got to relate to people. Yeah. That's, you know. And just be a decent person and. Do the right thing. Amen. Have a conversation. It's, it's, we can do this. I'm uh, going to take one more <laughs> break, then we're going to come back, do a little shameless plug, and we'll talk a little bit about what's happening in the news. It's been a very, very uh, oof, rough uh, news the, the past couple of weeks, so we'll talk a little bit about Ukraine when we come back as well. Uh, if it's a Friendly Fire Saturday, i glad to have Pastor Aaron Household here, a householder. I just said it too fast. Uh, in the <laughs> it's office, all good. <laughs> it's a friendly fire Saturday on fourteen hundred ninety nine point three KLIN. Bringing you local voices to break down the news of the week. Friendly fire with Stu Kurds on the Voice of Lincoln fourteen hundred and ninety nine three KLIN. We are back. It's friendly fire Saturday. And uh, talking with uh, Pastor Aaron Householder here. And uh, Aaron, it is that time of the program where we always do a shameless plug. So you can just plug anything you want to plug. Um, You know, I'm not the pastor of a local church anymore. (laughs) And people don't care about my association. But, uh, yeah, you know, uh, if you want to read some more of the stuff that I've written, um, Mm -hmm. I've got a website. And it's my name, AaronHouseholder.net. The .com works as well, but I'm not a company, so I went with .net. (laughs) And you've got all sorts of stories on there from uh, parenting, but it's basically what I call my slice of life lessons, where something happened in my life that made me go, hmm, there's a parallel on the Bible there, and there's something Mm -hmm. I can learn from that, and I wonder if anybody else will care to read that. Mm -hmm. So AaronHouseholder.net, and you can do some reading. 
Nice. Yeah. Uh, how many of those, uh, what percentage of those stories have something to do with cycling? Um, you know, I'm a cyclist, <laughs> but just the past seven years. And so just a handful. Oh, okay. Because I wrote a whole lot more regularly in the past. Um, mm. And uh, when I was a runner. So frankly, there's more running related mm. stories on there. Because I wrote about once a week on there. Now I write a couple times, well, once a month maybe. Yeah. 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 Speaking of, uh, by the way, speaking of running, I'm, I'm, I'm not quite on my last legs, but I'm getting close. <laughs> I know that I've limited mileage left on the knees, and yep. uh, so I, uh, I've, I, you know, you you start off running, uh-huh. and then you kind of start jogging, <laughs> and somewhere then down the line is shuffling. Yeah. I'm 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 kind of at jogging, but I'm but I can. <laughs> You're not going to admit to shuffling I'm, yet. I'm, I can see shuffling in the future. <laughs> that's when you need to get a bike and join me. Yeah, save your knees. And that's what I've heard. You go further, go faster. By Ride way, some gravel, baby. Oh no, I live on gravel. I don't yeah. want any more gravel than that. No, no, I they, love gravel because there's you know not people out there. You just ride and ride. How often do you go by my house, by the way? Uh, rarely because okay. of the routes I take, but I know where you live. So if I, you know, need a bathroom break or some water, I'll, I'll come by. And the, the faucet, the spigot's right out front. So you, <laughs> yeah. I, don't even, I don't even have to be home. Thanks, man. You could just, you could just go for it. Uh, <laughs> yes. The, uh, uh, now we were going to talk about the, uh, oh, well, by the way, I'm, uh, the one thing I am going to do is, uh, uh, I'm going to squeeze in one or two more half marathons before my knee completely is gone. Good for you. Yeah, I figure. Well, why not? You got you know? dreams. I, I you got to you got to do something. You can't just sit around. So and someday I'll I I, I do the um, I got one of those things to put my bike in the basement. Uh huh. The, the trainer. You know, yeah, trainer. There you uh-huh. go. See, there's a name for it. And uh, and then they <laughs> they have a little app where you can throw it to your TV and like uh-huh. be in the mountains of France or whatever. Swift. Yeah, it's, yeah, one of them. Yeah. Uh, Ruby, I think, is the... Oh, I hadn't heard of that one. Zwift yeah. is the big one. It, that's the big one. But uh, you know what? I just decided, I, I think I'd rather just watch TV <laughs> but, <laughs> than, than do that. Um, the the big story uh, in the news this week has, has been the uh, Russian invasion of Ukraine. Terrible. And uh, yeah, I uh, just, your your thoughts when this was kind of the troops were gathering and the storm was on the horizon, any... Uh, by the way, I'm just assuming that the Southern Baptist Convention probably has a fairly strong presence in Ukraine. Is mm-hmm. that accurate? Yeah. Um, the largest evangelical denomination in Ukraine is Baptist, and mm. those churches were planted by Southern Baptist missionaries, mm. and we have a seminary in Ukraine. And as a result, uh, Ukrainian Baptists here in Lincoln, mm. some of them belong to other churches, and some of them belong to Southview, my mm-hmm. church. And so, um, you know, we have two Ukrainian families in our church. So we gathered around them and we prayed for them and we all wept with them Mm. that first Sunday after the invasion. And we will continue to weep with them and pray with them. Yeah. Uh, They're telling me, Stu, that miracles are happening that cannot be explained and they're not being reported in the news, no matter what the news are. Mm. Um, You know, missiles disappearing before they hit the ground and you know, just supernatural sort of God protection things. Mm. Uh, you know, what I'm hearing on the Internet, what I've seen is, you know, Russia's bogged down for this reason or that reason, logistics being the key. Um, and, you know, their systems of doing things militarily that work in some ways but don't work in what they're trying to do in Ukraine. Um, but, yeah, it was pretty amazing to have my Ukrainian friend look me straight in the face and say, 
Pastor Aaron, miracles are happening. That's why Ukraine hasn't run over our nation yet. Mm. He says the prayers of God's people are more powerful than any weapon. Mm. And he wasn't saying it as a cliche. He was looking me straight in the eyes with a fire in his eyes, and mm. he meant it. Mm. There, uh, so do you get, because of all those connections and everything, are you getting kind of fairly regular updates on things that are happening? or? You know, every morning uh, when I wake up um, along the time of reading my Bible and spending some time in prayer and drinking my coffee and getting my dog out of his crate and stuff, mm-hmm. I have three news apps on my phone. And I have them ordered left to right, CNN, The Hill, and Fox News. Mm-hmm. I'm sure there might be some others your listeners could tell me about might be better. But I want to see what all three of those are reporting, kind of mm-hmm. left, center, and right. Mm-hmm. Uh, not that I agree more strongly with one or the other, but it's interesting to see what their lead story is and the angle they take mm-hmm. on it. So I'm reading those things, uh, watching some YouTube videos now about things from a variety of folks. And then, yeah, I do talk to my Ukrainian friends just to hear mainly their side that I hear is how's their family doing and mm-hmm. what are they hearing? Yeah, yeah. Um, one of the sub stories to all of this is the level of uh, disinformation in Russia. Mm-hmm. that uh, there have been multiple reports of, of, of families with loved ones, fam- other, fam- other family members back in Russia. Mm-hmm. And so they're communicating what's happening in Ukraine to their fa- in, in Russia. And, and there are multiple stories about the folks in Russia saying, oh, that's not true. You know, they're, we're, we're, we're in Ukraine to rid it of Nazis. And uh, this yeah, is a protection thing. Yeah. So how, how, do, how do you break through that? Well, the other one that's going around now is the smoke screen about uh, chemical weapons. Mm. And basically what it is is a ruse for Putin and his forces to use chemical weapons against Ukraine should they mm. choose to. Mm. Uh, they've already used, uh, what is it called, a thermo something or other bomb that sucks the oxygen. Uh, mm. uh, if you're at a distance, it sucks the oxygen out. But if you're close, it vaporizes you. Mm. So it's the strongest bomb you could use that's not nuclear. Wow. And then, of course, the concern why Western forces haven't gotten involved yet is then what? how's Putin going to respond to them? He can only up the ante and throw some nukes into it, and nobody in the world wants that. So mm-hmm. what I don't like about the situation is, one, Ukrainians suffering for no reason other than Putin's greed and what other ever motivations he has. But two, that we as the Western world didn't stand up sooner. It's the, oh, if we send troops there, if we do that, we'll make Putin mad, and then he'll do this. Well, which worse, the thing that he might do or the thing that he is doing? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, It does so, make you wonder what would have happened if troops would have massed at the border saying, try it, and if, if Putin still would have said, yeah, I'm coming. Of course, the other you know question is, would he have done it if we had someone else in the White House? Yeah. Um, and I'm not putting this at the feet of our president. I pray for our president. Mm-hmm. I pray that he has wisdom and courage and strength and, um, you know, can do his job well, even though I may not agree with him on many policy, policies. Um, but you have to wonder, and I'm definitely not endorsing President Trump, but if there was somebody other than Biden that was more strong about these things and their personalities, mm-hmm. would uh, Putin have done this? I think he probably still would have, but, you yeah. know. It's a. It's funny. We so we pray for the people of Ukraine, and we need to continue to pray for them. And I think also, 
uh, you know, we we need to pray for the people of Russia who are who are with the disinformation. In. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen some of that as well. And the other thing we can do, of course, is give. Um, yep. Most of us aren't going to be able to go there to help with a refugee situation, mm-hmm. um, but we can give. And I would just advise people to give through a reputable agency. I know I'm seeing advertisements, you know, um, mm-hmm. for things on videos, and I'm getting emails. And they're not any agencies that I know, and they yeah. might be great, but, you know, I know we can give through our Southern Baptist Convention. It's called Sin Relief. We've already mm-hmm. sent that out to our church family, and that money will go to help people on the ground in Ukraine. Yes. Um, you know, so your church or denomination probably has something like that, or, you know, I'm sure Red Cross or yep. something else, so that if you are able and feel compelled, you can give some money to help the situation as well. Yes, absolutely. And. Uh, we actually put ours on our Facebook page so oh, that's that a great can link idea. up with that and, yeah. and figure out what's going on. It, it's just so sad. When, so there's a time of international crisis, and it's just deeply sad. And then scammers yeah. are going to take advantage of that. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's talk about. No e- shame. Oh, no yeah. shame. Oh, just so evil. Um, just a, a 30 seconds left, but uh, uh, what's the, what's the, when you start soon with the new position, what's the, what's the first road trip? Uh, I'm going to Norfolk, and I said it in a Nebraska way, not Norfolk, <laughs> Norfolk to preach at one of our sister churches on Sunday the 20th. And so, nice. yeah, that'll well, be it. Have a great trip up there. And uh, appreciate you, brother. Appreciate your work at Southview. And I'm, thank you. And I know it's just going to, again, this is a wonderful way to uh, multiply your experiences uh, in a whole region. So I'm grateful that, uh, I'm grateful the Lord called you, and I'm grateful you said yes. Amen. Thank you, Stu. You bet. Appreciate it. Great to have you, Aaron. Aaron Householder, uh, Southview Baptist, now uh, mentor to the region. I leave you, uh, saying as I always do this week, to think about it and talk about it. We'll see you next week.